Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1-13. through 13. As we continue this study of our vision of 2024, the title of this sermon is, What Are You Lacking in Your Faith? Here is the second half of this two-part study. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. They already know. So every trans, every LGBTQIA, anyone who decides, any atheist, they already know in their heart that God has put that in them. Eternity. They know who God is. But they refuse to follow. They know. And they suppress the truth. It says, For God made it evident to them, for since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or gave thanks, give thanks. But they became futile in their, in their speculations, and their, their foolish hearts was, was darkened. And this is the part right here. This is the United States. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over to their lust of their hearts and to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth for... Uh, the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen for this reason God gave them over to degrading passions for the women exchanged their natural function for what is unnatural and in the same way also men abandoned the natural function of the women and burned in their desire towards one another, men with, with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not fit to acknowledge God in any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with, and this is, again, just, this is the United States, filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, Greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, 
disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Do you understand, like, m the majority of your Congress and Senate have given, they've, they've given authority. They, they're like, hey, go ahead and practice it. It's okay. You even have Republicans that have said it's okay. You think about the, the disobedient, the parents, they're teaching the kids, hey, you don't have to listen to mom and dad. You can be whatever you want. They're teaching them that in the schools right now. We don't have to tell your parents. We can actually send you across state lines and have you have a medical procedure without your parents ever knowing to have the abortion. They're doing that in Kansas City. To underage kids. It's in the newspaper. They suppress the truth. How many of you knew that there were two naval Navy SEALs missing right now in Somalia? Didn't know that, did you? Because it's not in the news. They suppress the truth. That's why a Calvary Chapel lost its Facebook page because they gave truth and Facebook took it away. And guess what? You better be ready for it. You may post the wrong thing over this, this year and they may take your privileges away because they don't want the truth out. Why? There's only one truth, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ says that all of these things, the LGBTQIA, the transgender, you were created male and female. Jesus says that. People say that Jesus never spoke on gay relationships. Jesus said you were created male and female for what? Marriage. There you go. There's no other discussion that needs to be had. But our, our nation has embraced this stuff. To the point, hey, you can have an abortion all the way up until pregnancy. Maybe even when the baby's born, we'll go ahead. If you don't want it, we'll kill it. That's what California was throwing around. Do you not think that we're under judgment? That, that we're being afflicted because of our sin as a nation. I told you when we went over the book of Malachi, there was a remnant. And I believe there's a remnant but I tell you what, the remnant needs to really get knee-deep into prayer and start praying for this nation. And that God, look, Christians have to, look, I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm going to be, Christians have gotten too soft. You know what the truth is. Don't let them shove that, that lie down to your children or to your teenagers. If you see something that's sinful, don't let them watch it. If you have somebody that's teaching them how to be necromancers and sorcerers and doing witchcraft, don't let them participate. You have people like Doja Cat that are worshiping Satan. Little Nas X at the end of the video has a satanic flag. Oh, it's okay. Let my kids listen to it and dance to it. It's fine. Oh, they're Swifties. No. You need to wake up. You need to stand firm in the faith and understand like some of the afflictions that we go through are self-inflicted. Not only, you know, what's really bold about our nation is our nation decided that we're not only going to 
do abortions, but we're going to pay for them to happen in other countries. Not only are we going to do transgender sex changes in other countries, but we're going to withhold aid from them if they don't do it. They did that to Africa. Nobody's talking about that. Your administration has done that. They withheld food from a nation because they didn't support the transgender. They didn't, they didn't want their kids learning any of that. They stood for truth. It says in verse 4, for when we were, that's enough about that, right? For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer afflictions just as it has come to pass and just as you know. He's letting them know, like, look, you are going to go through afflictions. We're all appointed for them. Paul said that he went through them. You're going to go through them. In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let the steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And it's been said that we have trials that we are going to go through whether it's afflictions you're either in one right now or you're fixing to go into one or you're coming out of one that's how this works that's how life is we go through different seasons of spiritual growth through that and my prayer would be is that you would hang on tight to the word of God and that you would have your foundation set in him in Isaiah chapter 30 verses 20 and 21 it says and though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction Yet your teachers will not be moved into corners, uh, corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teachers, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, we have to start listening for the voice and recognizing the voice of God so we have clear direction on where we're supposed to go and what we're supposed to do in that affliction. You can't pray every time you're in affliction. Lord, take it away from me. Because he's trying to grow you in it. Lord, would you pray? Lord, what do you want me to learn in this? That's a prayer most people won't pray. We all pray what? Lord, take it away. My prayer is, is that you would hear the voice of God. And recognize that voice so you have clear direction. In verse 5, it says, For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith, for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you, and our labor would be made in vain. So Paul is saying, I can't take it any longer. I'm sending for Timothy. Because he knows that the enemy is going to come. He knows that the enemy is going to try to take them away during this time of affliction. And the enemy does come in to try to steal, kill, and destroy during that time of affliction. And especially for a young believer, for somebody who's new in the faith, or for somebody who's drifting away from God, it's easier for the enemy to come and grab them. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 20 through 21, it says, As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulations or persecutions arise as account, on account of the word, immediately he falls away. They're not rooted in God. They're not rooted in his word. And the enemy comes and just plucks them away. When we see our second point, faith stands fast and comforts others in verses 6 through 10. It says, but now 
that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always have good remembrance of us greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. So Paul gets good news and, and the, the news that Paul gets is actually encouraging Paul in his faith. And that should be for us. I got news from Christina this week. Christina Brudeau who's in uh, uh, a missionary that we support in Chile. And she, she said the schools are out during summer but they're getting ready to do VBS in Chile. The first time they've ever done this. And she asked for prayer. Gospel went out in the schools already in Chile. And now through that, VBS is going to happen. Vacation Bible School. And so she's like, Mike, can y'all ask the church to pray as we step into faith and do this? That brings me joy to know that our little church here in Divine is part of the blessing that's happening in Chile. Right? It's a lot warmer there, right? Hopefully one day we get to go visit. It's, it's uh, good news to hear when, when God is doing something in another church. It's not bad news. A lot of times we look at it as competition. We're not in competition. We're all trying to grow the kingdom of God. When I hear that something good's happening to Dan's church or Dan Yurte or Leonard or whoever, I'm happy. I'm happy. Because the kingdom of God has continued to advance. There should be good news. When people hear about you, it should be good news. It shouldn't be, oh, Lord, here they go again. They done fell again. Man, I just talked to him. What happened? Right? But this was good news for Paul. And I love that. This is Paul's heart. This is something very important for us to get. This is Paul's heart. Paul's heart was about the Great Commission. About discipleship. When Paul, is, is, his heart is breaking to know, are they okay? Did we, did we sow into them enough to, to withstand the storm of the affliction that's coming? The persecution that was going to happen? Because Paul cared. Paul made disciples. Timothy and Silas. And the list goes on as he planted all these churches. That was his heart. And that should be the heart of the church. The other thing that should come out of affliction is discipleship. Discipleship has... Uh, there is a great omission of the commission of God. The church has blown this. The Western church has made a lot of mistakes when it comes to discipleship. And the reason I know that is that a Barner survey says that, that only... Two out of five are engaged in discipleship at all. So two out of five people, that's all that's engaged in discipleship. What's even sadder is, is that 56% of Christians said to the Barner survey their spiritual life is entirely private. I ain't telling nobody my stuff. Because we all want to look like we all got it together. You ain't got it together. None of us do. Discipleship is for that brother or sister that's walking alongside you to encourage you, to build you up, to correct you, to hold you accountable at times. But if you've got 56%, half the church is saying, hey, <laughs> my spiritual life is private. God didn't call you to be a secret agent Christian. He didn't ask you to go it alone. And when we look at Paul, part of Paul's 
ministry was not only to teach them about the gospel and share the gospel, but it was about, hey, you're going to go through afflictions, but you've got to make disciples. You've got to care about the people that you're serving. Sadly, in the church, only 5% of Christians are actually being discipled. Five. Five. What's going on? Only 5% are discipling each other. The Western church has forgotten that you were commanded to do this. You were commanded to share the gospel, to go out and make disciples. It wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't a book, because I'll hear that all the time. Well, we need to do, well, how do we fix this? We need a book on discipleship. What did Paul do? Paul lived life with them. He brought them alongside of him. Timothy, you're a young believer. Come on, you stick next to my hip. I'm a teacher. And guess what? I'm going to correct you too. None of us want that. That's why we want to keep our stuff private. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 19 through 20, I want you to hear how Paul cares about his people. My children with whom I am again in labor, labor until Christ is formed in you but I could wish to be present with you now and to charge my tone, for I am perplexed about you. He's like, I'm in labor. When you think about that, that is an intimate relationship that he has for his churches and his people within those churches. He's like, I'm in labor that, that you would know Christ. He's involved in them in their lives intimately intimately and Paul had crisscrossed Asian minor and planted church after church and yet this was his heart this was his heart he also said in Colossians chapter 1 verse 29 for this person I also labor striving according to his power with mightily works within me he labored he cared Paul had a heart for discipleship and we should too and what does he tell them? He says that you were, that we got good news and he was encouraged by what? Their faith and love. That they were standing fast in their faith, but that they had love for each other. They cared for each other. You got to understand, people were getting kicked out of their homes. They were being thrown out of their jobs. And this time in Thessalonica, it's like, if you're a follower of the way, you're out of here. Some of them were being stoned to death. They were going through heavy affliction. And yet, they stood in their faith and they loved each other. And that's the basis for what, what it, what's the most important thing for us as, as discipleship is faith and love. I can tell you, look, there are many great books that are written on discipleship. But the greatest discipleship you can have is just come alongside me and do ministry together. There ain't no book. You, you have the book. It's called the Bible. Yeah. What, what discipleship course did the disciples have? They stayed next to Jesus. See, the church overthinks things sometimes. The reason why we, we miss the great omission is like, what, do, do you need another Bible study? Or would you rather do life next to that person? Because I can tell you, when we get going again in the spring and we start having those events and you can come alongside and start praying for those kids at the school... Just come. 
Pray with them. Talk to them. You're, you're talking, and this is the beauty of this, you're talking to a 17-year-old or 16-year-old version of you. And you can tell them, don't do this. I went down that road. Trust God. Let me pray with you. That's what discipleship is. Come to church. If you don't come to my church, get plugged into a church. Paul cared about the people. I think one of the things that we have to remember when we think about that love, we're, we're called to love one another and we're called to love, at, uh, love our neighbors, right? You're called to love your, your spouse as Christ loved the church, right? You love your, your wife as Christ loved the church. But what's sad is one of the churches in Ephesus, and we'll end it here. I knew we weren't going to get through it all. Trust me, next week we'll, be, we'll finish with prayer. That's where we're heading. Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And it only took about 40 years for this to happen. The church in Ephesus. Paul planted that church. It says, To the angel in the church of Ephesus, write, The one who holds the seven stars in the right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, says this, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men and you put to the test of those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false and you have perseverance and you have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary but I have this against you that you have left your first love. This is what Paul was worried about. This is what a pastor worries about. I was just speaking to somebody this morning. We have somebody that's struggling in that right now. It only took them a, a few decades and they, were, they walked away from their first love. My prayer for you is that you would be known by your faith and love. For one another and for all. For everyone. Look, I can be upset and... I don't agree with the lifestyle, but I, man, you come to church, please come to church. You invite them to church because it's the Word of God that will transform them, not you. It's the Holy Spirit that will transform them, not you. You pray for them, you keep inviting them, you keep asking them. But we should be known not only in this church by our faith and love, but also in our families. Because it all starts at home. Discipleship if you don't do it at home, it ain't going to work out here. Okay? I'm just going to be very honest with you. Discipleship starts in the home. If you're a father or a husband, you have been called to lead your home and you are the man that should be discipling your family. If you're a single mom, then you are the discipler the same way. And if you go, well, this is too much. Timothy's mom. Look how great Timothy turned out. He becomes an asset to Paul where Paul can send him wherever he needs to send him knowing that Timothy's going to get the job done because he was a man of God. But Timothy came from a single parent home. The father wasn't around. Raised by the grandmother and the, and the mom. You disciple them then. You teach them the things that they need to stand fast in in the faith. That is truth. And you teach them what it is to love. Sacrificial love. Meaning that you don't expect anything in return for that love. And we've all had kids, family members, 
friends that have done some vile things, but you love them still, and they've come to Christ. And they're not the same person they used to be. You know what my granddaughter told me yesterday? First thing, first time I saw her, Livy. Just turned six years old yesterday. She comes up to me. Her dad's sitting right here. And she comes up and she goes, You know what? You were not a good father to my mom. My dad said that you were not a good father, that you were really mean to my mom. And she was right. I didn't know Christ. And I looked at her and I said, you know what, sweetheart, you're right. I was an evil man. And she looks at me and she goes, but you're not that way with me, Grandpa. We're called to be new creations in Christ. The old has passed away. Be known for your love and your faith in Christ. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 